Join us for the Living Life broadcast on our series, Understanding the Goodness of God with Dr. Chooks Ugohe. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of our online masterclass, Understanding the Goodness of God. I am Dr. Chooks Ugohe. Um, tonight, I am continuing with the thought that we started yesterday. The goodness of God manifests when we enforce the victory of the cross. The goodness of God manifests when we enforce the victory of the cross. Tonight is part two. Let's, let's, um, let's begin. Yesterday we established a few things that um, the death of Jesus is the, is the payment for all of man's uh, uh, needs from God. In other words, Jesus' death on the on the cross paid for everything that man will ever need from God is the basis for God to bless man is <laughs> the basis for God to release anything anything and everything to man the death of Jesus on the cross and when Jesus died on the cross he paid in fact he was an overpayment he was an overpayment he paid for everything However, that things have been paid for does not mean they have been delivered. Let me say that again. That things have been paid for does not mean they have been delivered. So we're talking about enforcement. Enforcement is going to take delivery of what has been paid for. So I can go to macro and make payment for furniture and for household appliances and so on and so forth. And they issue me a receipt. And I take that receipt. Now, the, the goods are mine. The receipt is the proof. The goods are mine. They are legally mine. But they are still sitting at macro warehouse. They are still sitting in the warehouse. Now, enforcement is about taking what is in the warehouse and bringing it to my house so that I can start enjoying it. As long as the goods are there, they are mine, but I am not using it. As long as the goods are there, you know, the fridges, the, the furniture, the couches, the washing machine, the, the, the uh, um, dishwasher, the microwave oven, you know, the, the air fryer, all of those beautiful things that will make life, you know, beautiful, make my home gorgeous, they are sitting at the warehouse, even though they belong to me. So, so it's the same way what God has secured for us by the price that Jesus paid is ours, but is sitting in a location. The Bible calls that location heavenly place. I need to download it. I need to bring it to the house and take delivery and start enjoying it. The process of taking it from the warehouse where it is and bringing it to my house where I start using them and enjoying them is what we call enforcement. So some believers who say Jesus has paid for it is done. They don't understand that they need to take delivery. They need to take delivery. That it's paid for does not mean that and, and that it is yours, legally speaking, does not mean it's yours, vitally speaking, in the house. So there is a legal side of the equation and there's a vital side. Vital side means that it's now mine in experience. So, legally, it's paid for. Legally, it's paid for. 
and, and, and this is the thing. The price that was paid was an overpayment. So think about it. You know, I went there online to the uh, website of Macro and I began to order, 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 order. I ordered things. And by the time, you know, I checked what was ordered, it's 1.5 million rand. All kinds of furniture has been ordered. 1.5 million rand paid for all of this thing. Though 1.5 million is what the checkout uh, amount said. And then when it was time to make the payment, I transferred 200 million to macro. I transferred 200 million to macro. That's an overpayment. But that's what God did. When God sacrificed or when Jesus gave himself up on the cross for our sin, it was an overpayment. But that it's an overpayment does not mean that I have taken delivery of what has been, you know, secured for me. I need to now go and, you know, say, give them the address and say, let your delivery trucks begin to come to this address and deliver what is mine. So an overpayment is still not a guarantee that you will enjoy what has been paid for 24 hours or 48 hours after it's been paid for. No, it has been to be, you have to take delivery. Believers, our part is to take delivery. Our part is to take delivery. And today, I want to get into the nitty-gritty of taking delivery of what is ours. Now, I want to stay with that illustration, but let's go to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. So, so between macro warehouse, where these goods that was, you know, uh, valued at 1.5 million rand, of which I paid 200 million rand, between that warehouse and my house could be a number of things that, you know, uh, that could stop me from enjoying what has been paid or what has been overpaid for. There could be roadblocks. There could be thieves on the way that can waylay the delivery truck and what is legally mine can be waylaid, can be hindered, even though it's legally mine. It can be hindered. And this is where now the authority of the believer and the believer understanding his authority comes in because if, 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 even though it's at the warehouse and it's yours, does not mean it will arrive at your residential address. It could be waylaid. It could be delayed. You know, it could be hijacked. And there are blessings that have been hijacked in the way. There have been blessings that have been hijacked in the way. You know, between the warehouse and the residential address. A lot of things can happen. And a lot of things do happen. This is the reason why people have been born again for a while. What has been paid for has not been delivered. Because a lot of things are happening between the warehouse where the stuff is and the house where it's supposed to be delivered. A lot of things are happening. There are demons that are sitting there. Now, we said it yesterday. We said it yesterday that the devil has been defeated. Scriptures tell us that. That he has been defeated. He has been, you know, uh, uh, prevailed over by that sacrifice that Jesus made. Jesus going to the cross and eventually going to hell finished the devil. He's been stripped. He's been stripped completely. However, uh, like I said yesterday, 
the, the devil's nature was not stripped. His authority was stripped, but his nature of lying was not stripped. So, Satan is still a liar. Satan is still the master of lies, the father of lies. So, he lost his power. Then, he, because he's a liar, and he knows that it's possible that man does not know that he lost his power. So, what does he do? He projects himself to still have the power. Or project himself to be perceived as having the power. It's called packaging. So Satan can package himself. The Bible says that he can, you know, show forth as an angel of light. Meanwhile, he doesn't have any light. He doesn't have any light. No, no, no. He's not an angel of light. But he shows, he can show himself as, as an angel of light. And you think, you know, because he's a master of manipulation. He's the master of packaging. He's the master of, you know, falsehood. So he can put up an appearance and then you think he is an angel of light. You know, that scripture in First Peter chapter 5, it says that the, uh, the uh, let, me, let me read it, let me read it, let me read it. It says in First Peter chapter 5 verse 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like, 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 walks about like, a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. He walks about like a roaring lion. He's not a liar. No, no, there's only one lion. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. Satan is not a lion. He walks around like a lion. So it's like somebody wearing a costume. Wearing a costume of a lion, but he's not a lion. You know, he's like, you know, a house cat going to wear the costume of a lion. And you think he's a lion. He's not a lion. Or a goat in the house wearing a costume of a lion. And you think he's a lion. He's not a lion. So the Bible says that walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So, so his ability to devour is, is, is based on a principle that I shared yesterday on, on shared belief. If you believe he can devour you, then he can devour you. But he, he, he seeking whom he may devour, meaning it's not everybody that he can devour. He's not everybody. No, 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 no. He's seeking who? He's seeking who? But it's not everybody he can. Okay, so when, when, when he masquerades himself and, and parades himself like someone who has power and you don't know who you are because it takes you to know who you are for you to be able to say no to the lies of the enemy. He will hijack the things that belong to you from the warehouse and stop them from getting to you. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. The, the dynamics of enforcement. The dynamics of enforcement. So let's read the scripture in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through these, I want you to note that, through these, in other words, through these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. So, so there, is a, there, is, <laughs> there is a dynamic going on here, and let me unpack it. 
His divine power, which is the power that raised Jesus from the dead, okay? His divine power has given to us all things. It's already given to us. So the warehouse has your goods. It's already given to us. It's ours. It has given to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. All things, things that pertain to life and to godliness. So everything that pertains to this life that you are living on the earth is been given. The divine power, that power that raised him from the dead, gave you all things that pertain to life and godliness. But the Bible says, it's delivered through knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. See, as we get to know him, you get to know you. As you get to know you, you get to know what has been given to you. So there is the part of knowledge. You got to know something. And he said, by, by, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, by that knowledge have been given to us, exceeding great and precious promises. So, so as we acquire the knowledge of what has been given to us, exceeding great and precious promises, precious promises, so, so, that through these promises, we might become partakers of the divine nature. Can you see, these promises are the promises of God's word. It's the word of God. And as we lay hold of this promise, as we believe the promise, and, and lay hold on the promise, and pull in the promise, something happens to us. We become partakers of the divine nature. We become partakers of the divine nature. So, so there are two natures. There's the human nature and there's the divine nature. When we got born again, something happened to us. See, the death of Jesus on the cross made available to us a new nature. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. A new creation. So when Jesus died on the cross... He changed the nature of man. This is important that you get it. He changed the nature of man. We went from partakers of the human nature to become partakers of the divine nature. He changed the nature of man. However, he did not change the nature of the devil. The nature of the devil remains a liar and the source of lies. But the nature of man was changed. So for us to partake of the things that he accomplished on the cross and enjoy it, we have to assume the new nature that he has given to us. We become partakers of the divine nature, his nature. So he made his nature available by his sacrifice. And the, 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 the process of, of assuming his nature is by taking hold of the promises of God by faith. As we lay hold of the promises of God, those promises impart the nature of God to us. Because the promises of God's word, God and his word are one. So when I lay hold of the promise of what God said, in other words, when I lay hold of the word of God, the word of God changes me. And when the word of God changes me, it gives me power to access what has been given to me and I enjoy it. So there's a transformation that is going on in my life to cause me to become a partaker of what has been secured for me on the cross. So, so what we are talking about here 
is that no so let me go back to the illustration of the warehouse at macro all right so these things have been paid for and then the receipt of the payment is given to me now when that receipt is given to me that the receipt is the word of god all right the word of god the promises and i begin to read what has been paid for couch washing machine uh, or couches washing machine uh, uh, fridges uh, deep freezer you know microwave oven uh, you know assorted appliances to the to, to the value of 1.5 million rand they have been paid for they have been paid for right and i'm reading them out from the receipt now the difference between the goods coming from macro to my house uh, the difference between that and the promises of God and what Jesus secured is that when I begin to read the promises or when I begin to read the invoice or read the receipt, what I am reading in the receipt begins to change me. What I am reading in the receipt begins to change me. So there is a transformation going on on my inside as I embrace the promises as I embrace what has been secured for me. My knowledge of what has been secured for me transforms me. And I become a partaker of the nature of God. It is that, that process of partaking of the nature of God that qualifies me to enforce the delivery. It's what qualifies me to enforce the delivery. So the, the, the promises of God change us. And the, the byproduct of the transformation is authority and power to take hold of what has been, has been uh, secured for us. So I am going through a transformation. A, a, a transformation that is driven by the promise, by the divine promises that were made. And this transformation now qualify me to enjoy what has been provided, what has been secured on the cross. So it is that transformation or the, yes, the transformation that is uh, imparted to me by laying hold of the promise that now, you know, give me the authority to challenge any uh, demon on the way that are trying to hijack what has been given to me. See, it, the, the devil backs down when I use the name of Jesus. The devil backs down when I use the name of Jesus. But, but, but the devil, you know, sometimes can be stubborn. So, the transformation that is going on inside of me that impacts the new creation Father gives me authority to put my feet down and say no to that devil. To say no to the hijackers that want to hijack the truck and divert the truck somewhere else so that the truck does not deliver the goods in the house so that we can enjoy it. And there are many believers whose truck have been hijacked. And they don't know. They are feeling helpless. They are feeling powerless to confront the hijackers and retrieve their truck and retrieve their blessing. They are feeling powerless. And the reason why they are feeling powerless is that the promises are not imparting divine nature to them. 
because they are not laying hold of it. They are not laying hold of the word of God. The word of God is what gives us our inheritance. Let me give you a scripture to, 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 to show you that. Acts chapter 20. The word of God is what delivers our inheritance. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Look at this. It says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Build you up into what? Build you up into Christ. Impact the divine nature. Build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Can you see that? I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, build you into a, 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 a replica of Jesus, build you up into uh, a, the stature of Christ, and then give you the inheritance among all who are, all those who are sanctified. So if I don't know the word, if I am not committed to uh, learning the word, studying the word, meditating on the word, the word will not be able to change me and then deliver the good. <laughs> and deliver the good. So the process of enforcement is to, is, you know, it has two, two parts. Taking hold of the promises of God and then standing on the promise, those promises by faith, by faith, enforcing those promises. It has dual effect. It changes me and then does what? It challenges the legality of the enemy to hold back what belongs to me. It confronts the enemy. The devil cannot stand the word of God. See, what did Jesus do in the temptation? He, he gave the devil the word. And he said it is written. And when he said it is written, he 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 broke Satan's uh, um, um, confidence and Satan's you know push push back. He broke it by saying it is written. You know, after Satan heard it is written once, it is written. Then Satan himself went to start quoting scripture. You know, trying to. To, to, you know, come back at, at, at Jesus by quoting scriptures. But the problem is that the, the Satan that was quoting scriptures, the scriptures do not change him. The Bible says that demons, demons believe the word and they tremble. It doesn't change them. The word of God does not change demons. The word of God does not change Satan. But the word of God changes the believer. So when I lay hold on the word and begin to enforce the word, the word is doing a work in me. While I'm enforcing it, it's changing me and imparting the nature of Christ in me, which is what gives me the basis for authority, which is what gives me the basis for insistence that the goods be delivered to me. Hallelujah. So, believers who are not growing in the word cannot take full delivery of what has been given. That's the point I'm trying to make tonight. Believers who are not growing in the word of God, who are not growing in their conformity to the image of Christ, cannot take delivery. Enforcement requires that I assert my divine nature. Let me say that again. Enforcement of the victory of the cross requires that I assert my divine nature. Because what backs the devil off, what backs the hijackers off, 
is the authority that comes out of the divine nature. So the Bible says we become partakers of the divine nature. And, and becoming partakers of the divine nature now gives us the authority to stand our ground and challenge the devil. And challenge him to his feet, uh, to his faith. And tell him to back off. And tell him to hands off what has been paid for. So, if you are not going to pay the price to dwell in the word, to meditate on the word, to allow the word to transform you, to allow the word to impact to you the divine nature, you are not going to be able to enforce it. You are not going to be able to enforce that authority and, 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 and force the enemy to back off, to force the enemy to hands off your blessing. No, you need to, you need to take hold of that word and allow that word to impact to you its nature. The word of God is God. And, he, and, 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 and as you take in the word, the divine nature, the nature of God is imparted to you. In, and as it's imparted to you, you are able to assert your authority. And assert your, 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 your rights and your privileges. And claim what has been given. So this is the reason why a lot of believers are not able to... Um, 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 enforce the victory of the cross because it requires intimacy with the word. That's scripture again. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. So now brethren I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up. There is a building up required to take hold of what has been delivered. There's a building up required. There's a building up required. There's a building up required. See your spirit was changed permanently when you got born again. But your soul, your soul, you need to grow. There's a building up in your soul. It is the building up in your soul that gives you the hands to be able to stretch out into that warehouse and take hold of what is yours. So that's why you need to grow. You need to become, you know, a, an, a, a, an experiential partaker of the divine nature so that you can lay hold and pull in what has been given to you. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. That word, those promises can give you the inheritance. But you need to lay hold on the word and be built up. So, so enforcement requires <laughs> that you are growing by the word. And then you are standing on, in the authority of who you are in Christ. And then putting your feet down by faith. And saying, Satan, back up. The blessings of God for my life, they manifest. So I lay hold of the healing. I lay hold of the provision. I lay hold of the deliverance. I lay hold of the victory. And I pull it in. And as I meditate on the word, and I, I keep meditating on the word, the word changes me. The word changes me and transforms me into itself. And transforms me into himself. The word is, is a he actually, sorry. It's not an he. he. The word transforms me into himself. And it is that transformation that further empowers me to, to uh, take, take, lay hold and pull in what has been secured on the cross. Did you get it? So enforcement is about getting our heart to accept as true what God has done in Calvary. When I accept 
my heart accepts as true what God has done on Calvary. That acceptance changes me. That's the point I'm making. It changes me. It changes me. It imparts divine nature to me. And then I am able to, you know, uh, access what has been given. Now, now notice this. Satan has not changed. His nature has not changed. He's a liar. But what exposes him as a liar is me, the truth. <laughs> is me, the truth. So, becoming a partaker of the divine nature is becoming the truth. So, when I become the truth, I expose him. My becoming the truth shows that he's a liar and his power to deny me drops off right there. Did you get it? So, I need to become the truth. That's why John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by thy word, for thy word is truth. Set them apart. That's what sanctify means. Set them apart by thy word, for thy word is truth. So, as I receive the word, there is a separation that happens as I become the word. As I become the word, I become the truth. My becoming the truth exposes the liar. My becoming the truth exposes the liar. My becoming the truth exposes the liar. And once the liar is exposed, his power, his power, remember that that power was based on deception. It wasn't based on principle. It was based on deception. So now that I know the truth, now that I am the truth, he can no longer operate. He can no longer hold back things because I have become the truth. So, so I need to become the truth. And how do I become the truth? I meditate on the truth. On the truth becomes me. <laughs> I meditate on the truth on the truth until the truth becomes me and I become the truth. And when I become the truth, I become light. Darkness stops existing. When I become light, when I become the truth, light stops existing because now I am the truth. So, child of God, if you are not working the word into your spirit, I'm not into your spirit, into your soul, into your mind, if you're not ingesting the word, I'm not meditating on the word. If you're not becoming the word, your capacity to enforce the victory is limited. Your capacity to enforce the victory is limited. You know, you know some, some sons of a priest uh, by the name Skiva, he had some sons, seven sons of Skiva. They were trying to enforce a, a, a dominion over, over a demon, a demon-possessed man. The demon said, when they were you know, trying to cast the demon out. They say, we adjoin you by the name, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Come out. The demon says, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? How does the demon recognize Paul? Because Paul had ingested the word and Paul was becoming the word. Say, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? These people did not know the word. So that word had not become them. They were, they were issuing instructions to a demon by a Jesus whom Paul preached. Can you, can you imagine that? And they, they couldn't enforce dominion over the demon. In fact, what happened was that the demon turned around and beat them up and stripped them of their clothes and sent them out on the street. The demon embarrassed them because they were not one with the word. They were talking about a, the word which Paul preached, not the word that had become them. Not the word that had been implanted in their heart and transformed them. No, they were talking about a word which Paul preached. No, you can't talk about something someone else preached. That word has to become yours. For you to truly enforce it, 
it has to become you. It has to become your word. It has to become your word. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 35, that they become gods to whom the word of God has come. And that's the last scripture that I, 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 I work tonight. John 10, verse 35. He says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, to whom the, when the word of God comes to somebody, he changes that person to a God. He changes that person to a partaker of the divine nature. He said, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. So, so when the word of God comes to you, and it's yours, it changes you to a God. And gods are the ones who enforce. <laughs> gods are the ones who enforce, who enforce victory. May you become the God that you are created to become. Yes, we are created to become gods in the earth. We are created to become manifestations of Christ in the earth. Replicas of Christ all over the earth. And when we become that, we are able to enforce truth. We are able to enforce victory. So, so as I round up tonight, I don't know if you got it. The sacrifice of Jesus procured blessing. The sacrifice of Jesus procured a, a change of nature for you. And, and how you effect it is by taking God's word. Taking, laying hold on the promises. And begin to, as you lay hold on promises, and the promises begin to seep into you a transformation of course. That the, the human nature, the selfish nature drops off. Divine nature is installed and is imparted. And by the strength of the divine nature, you are able to enforce the victory that was secured on the cross. And you are able to enjoy the benefits of that victory. You are able to enjoy the benefits of that, of that sacrifice that he made. Something needs to happen to you. Transformation needs to happen to you. Hallelujah. May you receive the grafted word that is able to change. That is able to impart your soul. That is able to save your soul. That, that, that salvation that comes by ingesting the word, may it be your portion. May you, may you meditate on the word and embrace the word and, and uh, allow, allow the word to work in you and transform you and prepare you for what God has. God bless you. I'm done for tonight. I will continue tomorrow uh, with episode 266. Tonight was 265. Episode 266 tomorrow as we continue uh, the series, The Goodness of God Manifests When We Enforce the Victory of the Cross. Good night and God bless you. Bye-bye. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.